join me as we listen to Jesus' story as told by Matthew. May these few minutes spent listening today draw us closer to Jesus, and may our lives also testify to His power and grace. Hello, I'm Michelle Edwards, a member at First Lutheran, and today I'm reading the 22nd chapter of Matthew, verses 23 to 46. That same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now, there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died, and since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and third brother, right on down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied, You are in error, because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like angels in heaven. But the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said about to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. This passage in Matthew shows Jesus in the midst of some verbal wrangling with a couple of groups who were important in the culture at the time. The Sadducees were a group responsible for the maintenance of the temple in Jerusalem. They also had duties within the government, in administration, and they had some relations with the Roman Empire, who occupied the land of Israel at the time. The Pharisees were another group. They came from the scribes and the sages, and they were the teachers of the Mosaic Law. They often clashed with the Sadducees. So first, the Sadducees come to Jesus with a trick, a convoluted question about the afterlife, which they didn't even believe in. Jesus shut them down by telling them they didn't understand the scriptures they were reading. Next came a group of Pharisees with a question of their own. They were testing Jesus, hoping to stump him, or maybe to get him tangled up in a pointless, complex debate. The Pharisees asked Jesus what is the greatest commandment in the law. Now, the Pharisees loved to debate tiny details in the law, how to interpret and apply the laws, which laws took precedence over others. No doubt, whichever law Jesus picked as greatest, they were prepared to argue the point. 
With his answer, Jesus completely turned the tables on them. Instead of getting caught up in the details of this law, comes before that one, instead of debating the nuances of interpretation for applying a law one way or another, Jesus went in the opposite direction. He answered their question about minutiae with the big picture. What is the greatest commandment? What is the one law everyone should try to follow before worrying about any of the other laws? Jesus' answer, love. The first law is to love. The Pharisees' legalistic, performance-oriented minds must have short-circuited. The first law is love? But Jesus wasn't done. The law is to love God. Love God. How could anyone, even a Pharisee, argue with that? And he's still not done. How are we to love? With all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. This is huge. It's the foundation for everything else. If you don't love God, what's the point in following any of his laws? It's so simple. Love God. It's the first, most important thing to do. Love God. For who he is. For what he's done. For the gifts he's given. Love God. With all your heart. Honestly. Deeply. Sincerely. Passionately. With all your soul recognizing your Creator, longing to be close to Him, to be connected with Him, with all your mind, in every purpose, every choice, every thought, word, and deed. Love God. And then Jesus gave them a bonus, the second greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. If you're familiar with the Gospels, you probably recall Jesus' teaching and someone asked Jesus what he should do to be saved. And Jesus gave him a similar answer saying, love your neighbor. That person was sharp enough to ask a follow-up question, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered him by telling one of his most famous stories, the parable of the Good Samaritan. That story taught that our neighbor is anyone we encounter in life. They might not be someone we like very much, We might have been taught to hate them for one reason or another. But to God, if that person is in your life, they are your neighbor. And how are we to love our neighbor? As much as we love ourselves. With care to their physical well-being. Don't you make sure you have what you need? Place to live, clothes to wear, food to eat? With understanding and forgiveness. Don't you give yourself second chances when you fail? Don't you believe you can do better next time? With appreciation for who they are. Don't you accept yourself as God made you? Didn't God make our neighbors the way they are and love them that way? Love your neighbor. So that's it. Jesus said all of the law, all of the prophets, all of the wise teaching about God and his expectations can be summed up in these two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. If people really followed these two commands, every other law ever written would take care of itself. The Pharisees must have been reeling. Before they could come up with a response, Jesus tossed a question to them, a conundrum about the Messiah and whose son he is. They said David, and he asked, how then could David call his own son Lord, as he does in Scripture? The Pharisees, 
These learned men who spent their days debating and arguing about everything under the sun had no response. This uneducated son of a carpenter had them stumped. I absolutely love the last verse in this passage. No one could say a word in reply, and from that day, no one dared ask him any more questions. Confronted with such simple and profound truth, they had nothing to say. In two unpretentious statements, Jesus captured the essence of faith. God comes first. Seeing Him, knowing Him, responding to Him, it all starts here. If we really see God and know God, we can only respond with everything we are. If we focus our everything on God, it will fill us to overflowing. It will spill out onto those around us, our neighbors, others who are the beloved of God. There's an old saying, love makes the world go round. Kind of sappy, right? But it really does. God's love really makes the world go around. God's love created it and sustains it. His love for us gives us purpose. The only reasonable response is to love in return. And if we love God, how can we not love the others that He loves? And we're back to the two greatest commandments. Love God. Love your neighbor. Everything else flows from that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are love. Fill us with that love. Help us to respond to it and to show that love to others. In Jesus' name, amen.